Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the transgressors memorial service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew remembering those who we have lost. Our first remembrance is for former Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, due to her bungling of a simple question on the steps of the Florida State Supreme Court this week. The court was hearing oral arguments over the proposed ballot initiative that would create a constitutional right to abortion on demand for any reason prior to viability and for any health-related reason thereafter, a right we of course support wholeheartedly. Whose ovaries? Our ovaries. But after the court session, a reporter asked Nikki whether a trans woman can be pregnant. Here's how she answered. One of the other major issues that the legislature has been dealing with is the issue of transgenderism and LGBTQ rights. Um, would you say that a, a transgender woman could uh, give birth or, or, or uh, get an abortion? I, I, I am not a doctor. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. Now, I'm sure that many of you at first thought this was a good answer, deftly trying to evade the clear setup this so-called reporter was trying to lay for the leader of the Florida Democratic Party. But no, dear otherin, this was a total failure precisely because she said the question was complicated when it isn't. Of course trans women can be pregnant. They're women. Just ask them. And since being a woman includes the ability to be pregnant, the short answer is yes. Our entire view is based on the idea that what you believe about your body is the truth about your body, regardless of what your body can actually do. So even if a trans woman still has male reproductive organs and XY chromosomes, if she believes she can be pregnant, of course she can. These questions are not about biological facts, but about biological beliefs. And in implying that there's any unclarity here, Nikki missed the whole point. It doesn't take being a doctor to know something that every seven-year-old who has passed gender identity re-education phases one through three can tell you. But there would have been an even better answer than her ill-conceived medical evasion. What she should have said was, how dare you imply that womanhood is defined by gestational capacity? Women are more than just baby ovens, and our ovaries are not our identities. Had she replied this way, and with the right level of indignation, and thrust the bigotry back in the face of this would-be gotcha journalist, perhaps she could have made him rethink his life choices a little bit. So sorry, Nikki Freed, but your answer got it wrong and missed an opportunity. Your virtue signal was weak, and we cast thee out. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, Stanley Cups. Following the recent disclosure that some children are being marginalized in school based on their failure to have genuine Stanley drink containers. As one very concerned mom on TikTok explained, This is the cup that we got our daughter for Christmas. This is not a Stanley. This is a 998 Walmart cup that she said she thought was cute. She is nine years old. But unfortunately for her daughter, she had to go to school with the Stanley Mean Girls. On the second day back to school after Christmas break, she comes home. She's not crying, she's just upset. The girls, all the other girls in her grade, all got Stanleys for Christmas. And they made sure to let her know that this is not a real Stanley, that this is fake and it's not as cool. Obviously you can feel her pain. Suddenly this lovely, well-adjusted, middle-class white girl was forced to feel inadequate and disfavored, all on the basis of what, a drink holder? No, this just will not do. The star-bellied Stanley Cup Sneetches must not be allowed to look down upon the Sneetches who do not have Stanley Cups upon theirs. But as we have warned you time and time again, this is what you get from capitalism. 
different people pursuing different occupations, making more and less money, and spending that money on different things creates just the right environment in which comparisons and judgments are made between otherwise unsuspecting young girls. Greed, envy, exclusion, resentment, marginalization, cool kids and uncool kids carving up the world on the basis of their petty socioeconomic status symbols. That's the wicked fruit of the free market. There are only two solutions to this problem. Solution number one is to ban Stanley Tumblers altogether. We like this approach because banning is kind of our thing. Solution number two is to establish the Insulated Container Equality in Drinks Upliftment Project, or ICED UP, and fully fund it at taxpayer expense so that every American child can have the Stanley Cup of their choice. We also like this approach because tax and spend projects are also kind of our thing. We dream of a world where children are judged not by the color of their Stanley, but by the contents therein. And we must bend the arc of the moral universe toward this future of true Stanley quality. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, Santa Rosa County Commissioner James Calkins, who this week brought forward his proposal to spend taxpayer money on constructing the largest flag in the entire state of Florida for a whopping $150,000 at first and up to $30,000 a year thereafter. Can you believe the audacity of someone wanting to waste the people's money on such a ridiculous display of sheer bald-faced pro-American jingoism? First of all, that money could be much better spent on so many other things, such as a 13% down payment on the single traffic light at Stewart and Magnolia, which will cost around $1.3 million. The county could invest in affordable housing and buy half of a small house for some deserving citizen. Heck, we could use it to repave 900 feet of Woodbine Road. And just think of the civic pride people would have knowing that they got one-eighth of a traffic light or one-half of a house or even one-fifth of a mile of street repaved instead of a one-of-a-kind inspirational symbol. But of course, even if it were free or funded voluntarily, we would still oppose it because just think of what it stands for. Some giant reinforcement of the greatness of America that will puff up the citizens in pride for their horrible country that was built on racism and sexism? Why would we want people to be inspired by this nationalistic symbol of oppression and injustice? Do the people of Santa Rosa County or all travelers through our area really need to be momentarily misled into having positive thoughts for these United States of America? Certainly not. And besides, just think of all the other terrible monoliths to American greatness that were erected with squandered taxpayer money. The Washington Monument cost over $37 million in today's dollars. And can you really say that has done anything positive for our country? The St. Louis Arch cost $130 million in today's dollars, and certainly that money could have been better spent on something more important. And one of the most disgusting wastes of public money ever was surely the vanity project of Mount Rushmore, which cost more than $19 billion in today's money. And just think of how much better off we'd be without that silly set of face carvings on a remote Dakota mountain. No, Mr. Calkins, your ridiculous election year stunt will do nothing but inspire people with awe and make them feel good about this terrible country. How dare you? Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. The As you depart today, please stop by the protest tent in the foyer to collect your fava beans for this Sunday's Super Bowl. As an act of protest against the barbaric carnivorosity of this annual exercise in gluttony, we are spreading the gospel of nutritious beans in an effort to reduce the needless deaths of billions of chickens who will be murdered needlessly to produce drumettes and flats for Sunday's buffalo platters. Nameless, faceless chickens. What a foul endeavor. 
Refreshments this week are provided by Two Heads Are Better Than One. The insect-based aphrodisiac paste created entirely from the rare Siamese locusts of the western banks of the Chattahoochee River, rumored to be one of the seven great sources of the Peach State's high rate of illegitimacy. Like they always say, if you can't beat them, can join them. And now, brethren, sistren, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more.